Thank you for tuning in to Lexington Road Ministries podcast. We're so thankful that you chose to stop by. We hope you enjoy today's message. Look at several scriptures in Revelations chapter 4. And then I really want to look at three words. Glory. What have we been looking at for the last several weeks? And honor and power. And you'll understand why I asked Loretta to focus in on some songs this morning about glory, honor, and power. John the Revelator, Revelations chapter 4, verse 8, if you'll stand for the reading of the word, and verse 11. The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within. And they do not rest day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. This simply reminds us that God, He is the creator, the sustainer of all life and everything. And one day, listen, children, teenagers, young adult, blue hair, gray hair, in between, and even you with no hair. Where's my piano player? I can't even see him. Oh, up there. Amen. One day, every knee shall bow, and every tongue shall confess Him as Lord. Whether you're in the church house this morning or you're in the outhouse, one day, Every knee will bow before him. Every tongue will confess him. And I tell you what, I'd rather get ready today and get right with God today. And I'd rather spend some time in the day and hour that I'm living worshiping him and honoring him and blessing him. Because I've seen a lot of folks wait till the very end. I'd rather take time now while I can lift my hands. And I just want you to lift your hands and hearts to him this morning as we pray. Father God in heaven, I pray that our worship in the word would be worthy unto your name today. Father, let us worship you with our hearts and not our leftovers. God, help us to worship you from uh, uh, the blessings that you've blessed us with, God. And God, not with emptiness that the world would bring into us. And God, may our worship, God, be worthy to the King of kings and the Lord of lords today. May we bless you as you have blessed us, O God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you as you're seated. John on the Isle of Patmos writing. He's been to a place where many of us may get to, where he's had to run and get to this place where he is isolated and insulated from every aspect of what he is known as life or living. And and I believe it's important that we understand that as we looked at Peter for two weeks in a row. A a lot of the writings, especially in the New Testament, were were not written by people that were living on mountaintops. In fact, they had been to their mountaintops and probably were in some of the lowest valleys they'd ever been in. So many times it's hard for us to understand how people can give everything over to God even when things are not going the way they want them to. So here's John 
pouring out his heart and he sees a vision. He begins to uh, uh, give a great revelation. He talks about the first three chapters about the seven churches of Asia Minor. And, and he really comes across uh, really trying to get, uh, get in people's heart and mind. Hey, there's something wrong with some of our churches sometimes. L listen to me, and I, and I don't want to come across harsh this morning, but, but there's something wrong when we come in and we're more interested about who's sitting next to us. And, and we're more worried about what's going on after service. And we're more, and this really gets our, we're more worried about who's not here than who is here. You know, there, there's something that, that John is really trying to stress and, and, and trying to get across here that we understand that, that when we come into the place in the house of God, in the presence of God, and, and we come in, it, it should be to entertain one person, and that's God Almighty. Do you understand what I'm talking about? This is not entertaining us, even though I enjoy the great music that we have. And I enjoy the times of, of, of fellowship. And man, I'm going to have a blast fall fest. I'm going to eat all kinds of candy and, and, and do all kinds of cool stuff. I may even go down the giant slide. Yeah. But, but, but that's not what it is. And, and in the day that we live in, so much is about entertaining us. Can I tell you the preaching of the word, Matthew, is not about entertaining your heart, your ears, and your mind. And the preaching of the word is not to, uh, to bring great revelation so that I can get pats on the back or anybody else gets pat on the back. In fact, I told Isaac, I saw him out yesterday, Isaac Jr., clarifying that. I, I told Isaac Jr. out yesterday as I was picking up some medicine for Sister Lisa because she's had the crud for multiple days and can't shake it. And, and I was getting some more medicine, and I said, man, I heard about the sermon Wednesday. Here he is. Come back in. Man. said, I heard about the sermon Wednesday night. I had a half a dozen or more people just tell me what a great message it was Wednesday night. So if you're at home and watching uh, uh, Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy, which I watch every night, I record it sometimes. Amen. So if you miss out on Wednesday nights, you may miss out on something from time to time. But, but I, was just, I just heard from multiple people how great the, the message was uh, uh, Wednesday night. And, and I'm always reminded, hey, it, it's always great that we have those times together when we feel like the Lord really speaks to us. But each of us need to remember it's not about us. It's about the God that we've come into this house uh, to worship. And that's what John the Revelator is trying to get across uh, to the churches. He's trying to help them to understand uh, even those that are in heaven are crying out, worthy, worthy, uh, uh, oh Lord God Almighty. Let me bring in a few other scriptures in, in, uh, that John writes in chapter 5, verse 12 and 13. He says, with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power, riches, and wisdom, and strength, and honor, and glory, and blessing. Every creature which is in heaven and earth under the earth, such as are in the sea and all that are in them, I heard saying, 
blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne to the lamb forever and ever we were created to worship him this is what John we were created to worship him we were created to worship him and this is what John is trying to help us to understand verse 7 and 12 says amen blessing and glory and wisdom thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. He begins this little part of chapter 7 with verse 10. He says, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and unto the Lamb. In fact, I preached a sermon many years ago. Who sits on your throne? Who's in charge this morning? Who are you worshiping? Who are you honoring? He went on to say in verse 11, the angels and the elders fell and they worshiped God. They fell flat on their face and they worshiped God. He gives us in verse 12 seven reasons here to why to worship him. We worship him because he is a, a God of blessing. We worship him because of his glory and his wisdom and thanksgiving. We worship him because of his honor, power, and his might. If God never did another thing for me, he's already done enough. When he gave Jesus Christ his son at Calvary for my sins, anybody else believe that this morning? Yeah, give him praise in this house. Amen. He goes on, and there's several other chapters and verses I could have drawn from in the book of Revelation. He goes on in chapter 21, verse 24, the nations of those who are saved shall walk in his light and the kings of earth shall bring their glory and honor into it and they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it. Wow. So how does this all relate to us today? When we talk about glory and honor and power, I thought about one of my favorite movies. We have those pictures. Wow. Anybody else? One of my favorite all-time movies. Anybody else? Yeah, there's a couple people. One of my favorite all-time movies. Now, it, it, it depicts the Revolutionary War, and, it, it, and it's not a, a, a true uh, uh, reflection of the war, but it does bring in uh, uh, some, uh, uh, some things that are, are very truthful about the, the war. And, and Mel, wow, man, uh, uh, there's William Tavington, Colonel William Tavington. I, I'm reminded of a couple of places in this movie where it talks about honor. In, in fact, when uh, they're going into the uh, the town and they lock up the town folks in the uh, in the church house, and some of you may remember just a horrible uh, uh, picture that takes place. And Captain Wilkinson, who is uh, uh, worshipped in that church and and been friends with uh, uh, the Patriot himself, uh, uh, Mel Gibson, and, and uh, uh, people of that townhood, and he's sitting there when they tell him uh, uh, when they look, and, and Colonel Tavney tells him, and he laughs at him to burn the church and kept book said uh, we're ready to fire the town and he says uh, the, to burn the church man I, I'm telling you there's a lot of times when uh, the things that we've done in our heart and our life brings a negative reflection of unto God and unto the church Captain Wilkinson says there's no honor in this wow can I ask you a poignant and a pointed question this morning is your life honoring God? 
Would you ask that question to your neighbor? Happy birthday, Lucas. Amen. Double digits tomorrow, aren't you? Amen. Is your life honoring God? Man. In fact, General Cornwallis, who was a real person in the Revolutionary War, he warns Colonel Tavington, who is went from village to village in town and pilferaged and, and burned and, and murdered and, and, and just taken a hold of, of those things. He, he, he warns him uh, uh, about the responsibility of acting as a soldier with honor. And I tell you, there's something about this and, and we see depicted in this story Colonel Tavenden becoming hungry, hungry for power and hungry for glory and hungry for honor. In fact, he, he tells General Cornwallis when they're looking at how to divide the, the spools of the war out, he says, Ohio, he, th he says, that's where I want to rule. He, he, he planned on ruling the whole state of Ohio. Any other people ever lived in Ohio? Can you imagine? That's a large population. Man, I, I've been from corner to corner in, in the state of Ohio, and he's, he's wanting to be hungry. Or he's wanting to, uh, hungry for greed and power. And basically, this is what I come to understand as John is writing. People have basically three different things that they want. They want glory, honor, and power. Can you say that out loud with me? Come on, kids, help me. Glory, honor, and power. Well, they do a lot better than adults. Help me again, kids. Adults don't know how to say that out loud. Can you help me now? Glory, honor, and power. People basically want these three things, glory, honor, and power. Let me say this to all of our young ministers in the house. Maybe take a warning from this old, slightly gray-headed, aging minister of 33 years. All honor belongs to him. This thing we call ministry is about servanthood and not not about titles nor pats on the back. And if you're waiting for the right title or waiting for a, a pat on the back, you may be waiting a long time because pats on the back from our retired minister in the house, pats on the back are few and far between sometimes. In fact, your phone will ring more times uh, or a hundred times to one for somebody complaining than patting you on the back. Is that how man sis? Amen. Maybe 200 to one. Man. So it's, ministries are not about uh, titles. And, and who. Uh, let me uh, just bring this in reflection to everybody. Every one of you are called to be a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, no matter how young or how old you are. And your life will be a reflection of who God is inside of you. That's what John is really trying to get across here is that we honor and we worship God and we honor and worship God with our, our lives. And he brings this thing in and he starts talking about glory. Glory is to take great pleasure or pride in. Psalmist said it like this in Psalms 24 and 8. Who is the king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. I believe we sing a song about that, don't we? Who is the king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The psalmist said in Psalm 71 and 8, let my mouth be filled with your praise and with your glory. Uh, Psalms 96 and 8 says, give glory unto the, the one that is due his name. So who do we give glory to, glory to? We give glory unto the Lord. Would somebody honor him and bless him in this house today? 
So on the flesh side, the flesh side is glory is something we take pleasure or pride in. But on the spiritual side and on the biblical side, it's the manifestation of God's presence when his glory shows up and gets among us. I'm telling you, I look for the Shekinah glory of God and the Holy Spirit of God and the presence of God to be with me in this place and out in the world around me. How many of you need his glory to show up? I need him every day and every hour. Oh, Lord God, I need thee and we need to honor him and bless him. Man. So glory's just not about pleasure, but it's about presence, being in his presence. And John says, whether I'm with all the other disciples, John says, whether I, I am uh, uh, fellowshipping that inner circle with uh, uh, Jesus Christ Almighty, Almighty, or I'm over on the Isle of Patmos all by myself, and I don't know where the next biscuit's coming from. Understand what I'm talking about? I don't know if there's going to be a monkey climbs up and gets the coconut out of the tree or a banana for me. I don't know where my next meal's coming from. I don't know where I'm going to get provision. I don't know what's going to happen to me. I don't know if I'm going to live or I'm going to die, but it doesn't matter. I'm serving God uh, Almighty. He is the Lord of Lords. He is the King of Kings. In him alone shall I trust. I will worship the Lord in the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. I will worship him man John gets a revelation uh, it's not about where I've been or who I've been with it's not about who, what I've talked about or what's been said it's about the creator that picked me up out of the dust of earth and he breathed life into me. And I can tell you, oh, you mean he picked him up out of the dirt? That's what the Bible says. Amen. And can I tell you, most every one of you sitting here, not unless you've been in church all your life, God Almighty, and some of you have been in church all your life, there's been a time where God Almighty has picked you up out of dirt. He's picked you up out of mud. He's picked you up out of the mire. He's picked you up out of, out of the sin and out of uh, things that would curl uh, uh, the, the hair on your head. I'm telling you, he's picked you up, and he has breathed new life into you, and we should glorify his name. Wow. Man. Thank him. Would you just lift your hands and wave it to him? Thank him for the manifestation of his presence. God, you've been there in the good and you've been there in the bad. God, you've been there when I didn't know where the next meal was going to come from. God, you are still Jehovah Jireh, my provider. And God, I will worship you. When the world and the kings of this world tell us to bow our knees before everybody else, God, I'm going to bow before your throne and I'm going to lift up the name that's above every name. I'm going to worship you, Lord, and God, make you king of all things. Come on. This word, we looked at it so many times in so many different ways. Honor, high respect, high respect in the fleshly sense. We're looking at Webster. We talk about ways we can honor God for several weeks in Proverbs chapter 3 by keeping his teachings, by being faithful, by trusting him through wisdom. 
We honor God by giving him our best. Didn't we sing about that today? We pour out our best for him. Man, not our leftovers. That's what Proverbs 3, nine. we pour out our best. We worship you with our best. Man, we don't come in with our hands folded and our hearts folded and our attitudes in the wrong place because we're thinking about everything else except the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we've come to worship everybody else and not worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we've come to be seen by everybody else except to be seen by him. I'm telling you, you can't hide from him. Whether you're in the church house or you're out, you cannot hide from God. He sees the attitude of your heart and your mind and your soul. Man. We come in with that mentality, bless me if you can. And we don't say it out loud. Oh, it's getting quiet now. We don't say it out loud, but we say it with our hearts. We say it with our mind, and we say it with our attitude, and it becomes a reflection. Or we come in this house Shauna, John's gotten a fight before they came to church. Man, that's why Lisa and I rode separate for many years. No, I'm an early bird. We come in. We duked it out. I see you hiding, Dylan. Man. Man, she let me have it today. She worked me over today. Well, if you've been doing what you should have been doing, she wouldn't have had to let you have it today. Man. But we come in, and the enemy's already caused a roadblock to the newlyweds. Hey, shy. We've come into his house, Chuck. I saw you drop her off at the door. Way to follow your pastor. I got your other pastor last Sunday. Way to go. Amen. I, I told the church last Sunday, I know y'all were in Georgia having fun, but I told the church last Sunday, I finally taught him. Because I've been dropping Lisa off for 38 years at the door, just not opening the door for her, but I've been dropping her off at the, at the door. And I said, he's finally caught on. He's finally learned. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. But can this old dog treat you a new trick? No matter what happened on your way to church, no matter if somebody cut you off and I have road rage, God, y'all pray for me. If somebody run the stop sign and, or, or try to run over you, it happened to me this week. Y'all pray. <laughs> Y'all think I'm going nuts. No. Lisa will tell you I've been that way since she met me. Man, man. It doesn't matter. Man. We get in this place, we try to shut out the things that are out there and the voices of the enemy and all the negativity and get in here and get in here and get a hold of God, get a hold of God, get a hold of God. And you don't have to wait till you get here, but there's something about coming to his house and worship him corporately with our brothers and sisters and, and people of like faith. There's just something about getting a hold of the name of the Lord and the presence of the Lord and singing songs of sign unto his name and lifting up holy hands unto him. Him and giving him our best praise. Come on, give him your best today. Man. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. So honor in the fleshly, in the Webster sense, is about high respect 
But honor in the biblical sense is about worshiping him with the highest regards of admiration. Come on, put your hands together and worship him with the highest, the best that you have. And lastly, this morning, we look at this word power. It's the ability to influence behavior. Wow. Or it's the ability to control others. My father-in-law used to tell a story about people calling him henpecked. How many of you know Brother Payne? Man, he is henpecked, isn't he? Amen. You know what he would say? I like the hen that's doing the pecking. There's something about control, not manipulation. That's what Jezebel did. That spirit of Jezebel tries to manipulate the situation, tries to bring control. But it's not about control. In fact, power comes from the Latin word potere, P-O-T-E-R-E, which means to be able to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above anything I think or ask of him. Are, are, are you understanding what the scripture was trying to get us to understand in Psalm 62 and 11? That all power uh, belongs to God. In Isaiah 11, we find true power. We find the, uh, the power of, of God moving mountains. When we talk about power biblically, we're talking about spiritual power, uh, power to uh, deliver. Uh, the, the worst sinner, uh, the, uh, the worst prostitute, the worst drug addict, uh, the worst drunkard, uh, the people that everybody else in the town shuns. It's the power to deliver. It's the power to deliver the agnostic and the atheistic and the Hindu and the Muslim. It's the power uh, to set the, the gay and the lesbians free uh, from their sin. There is spiritual power that none of us can, can rise above. It's the power of the Holy Spirit and God Almighty that delivers every person that believes upon him. Oh, there's power in the name of Jesus. Wow. AA calls it a higher power. I'm telling you, there's a power higher than anybody who's ever walked on the face of this earth. It's the power of Jesus. The Holy Spirit's described as dunamis power. It's the same power that is descriptive of dynamite. I'm telling you what, he can, he can set the things free and he can explode in a minute. And when he explodes, he doesn't do damage, but he puts damaged things back to peace. Back in order. Wow. Wow. John said it like this. In chapter 22, verse 8. He said, Now I, John, saw and heard these things which we have spoken about. And when I heard and saw, I simply fell down to worship before the feet of the angel that showed me these things. Would you stand? Wow. Wow. Wow, there's power in the name of Jesus. There's power. How many of you know that old song, Wonderful Working Power? How many of you have experienced that power? Would you just lift your hand up? Oh, there's power. Look at this. Look, keep your hand up for a minute. 
Look, look all across this house. Look all across this house. Well, that tells me there should be enough dynamite and enough power and enough spiritual power and enough influence inside this house today to go out and tackle any forces of hell and the enemy. We should be able to to break bonds and set captive free. That's what Jesus was saying. Wow. Wow. Man. True power is found in the Spirit of the Lord. You just close your eyes and bow your head just for a moment as they begin to sing, begin to play. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. This is what I say. I wrote the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord. His delight is in the fear of the Lord. Wow. That day there will be a root of Jesse who shall stand as a banner to the people, for the Gentiles shall seek him and his resting place will be glorious and it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall set his hand again the second time to recover the remnant of the people wow. and his people will stand and worship him would you just lift your hands to him hallelujah if you're here this morning you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior you're in the right place you're in the right place today. Because he's just waiting for you to move an earthly king off your throne. He's waiting for you to get off your throne and put Jesus there. Make him high and lift it up. Let his glory fill the temple once again. Oh God, fill this house with your presence, God. Hallelujah. Fill these earthly temples with your presence. Oh God, we need you today. We need you today. Hallelujah. Oh, there's power in you today, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. As they begin to sing, will you just come?